Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, trees and non-binaries. We are back for another exciting episode of I Am The Night. Once again, it's me, Adam, leading things, because once again, my father, the founder and forger of this show, has gone off to polish the cat. And again, after the rousing success we had on previous episode, looking at penguins, capers in the skies, I have sought to re-recruit, if that's a word, I will re-recruit my dear love, the 20 on my dice, very special Sandy Robertson. Hello. <laughs> she is back and we are looking at his Silicon Soul, a very interesting introspective episode of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, very different from the last one. <laughs> yeah, from the last one you saw. Last one I saw. Yeah, because uh, you saw like high swashbuckle and high campy yeah. goodness. This time we got a very introspective, long, dark tea time of the soul, of robot souls. What did yeah. you make of this episode? Oh, I thought it was good. Yeah, it's like nice and dramatic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got the ups and downs of them trying to really work their way through a fairly like known and stated, but still very interesting robot narrative, sort of as, as it were. Yeah. And um, once again, we got like real marvels of the writing team to be able to zero in on the story without things being necessarily stated because I'm reasonably sure that the whole instance of the heart of the hard computer trying to take over creating robots was not something covered in previous episodes, but they made it feel so well summarized that it was something we could just fell back into as though it were a story that had already happened. Yeah, yeah as someone who's like really like I this is my second episode of this I've watched <laughs> in ever. So Coming into it and being like, oh, here's a whole bunch of like plot. And I was like, oh, I, I feel like I understand what's going on, who this, vaguely who this Hardak thing is. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think that can really... It was enough, enough information that you you know what's going on now, even if it had been something as deep as previously established. They were... It's enough to be like, okay, you're up to speed. This is what's happening. Go. <laughs> we can give that as a real credit to the writing team here on charge of this episode with Marty Eisenberg and Robert N. Skier uh, in charge of the episode, directed by the absolute titan of the series, Boyd Kirkland. We are thrust in, we're given some great bit of context from those guys there at the beginning of the episode, just like some computer warehouse got blown up and it had something to do with robotics. Yeah. And they're trying to find. Stuff, stuff. <laughs> and could, things that they could probably sell on because the low lives have got more to make money in whatever ways they can. Yeah. And sure enough, they find Batman in a box. Yeah, it is Batman in a box. Batman in a box, and Who does Batman things. Does Batman things? He beats them up. Um, but for the first time in the show, we actually see someone actually taking hits from a gun. Someone yeah. actually getting shot because this isn't necessarily Batman. We see internal robotic parts start to fritz and malfunction inside yeah. and we realise, okay... This isn't Batman. Which is... Or is it? Mm -hmm. Or is it or isn't it? Because we see the Robot Batman because... Very glad that it wasn't necessarily Robot Batman because part of me was thinking, okay, so Batman put, nailed himself inside I, a box. I was the exact same thing. And but was, I was like, did he, he get Alfred to just like... He just like lay down like, okay, now nail me in <laughs> and <laughs> leave I, me here. It's going to be really sick when the bad guys come. And, and I'm gonna like punch my way out. It's gonna be really cool. Really, really cool when the bad guys bad guys come and open this exact box yes. instead of all of the other hundreds of boxes in this warehouse. Well, this one had special symbol on it, though. It uh, did. Yeah, so a special symbol that will be 
seen throughout the episode, but sure enough, Leap Loop Robot Batman uh, incapacitates these guys and makes his way back home because he realizes that not at all what it should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, immediately, Alfred has the sensible reaction of, what I'm going to go you? beat up, oh, first he was, I'm going to go beat up this intruder. Yeah, oh, yes. it's, it's Bruce. It's fine. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. He went from, I'll beat up this intruder. Oh, it's Bruce. Oh, I'll beat up this robot intruder that yeah. looks like Bruce. In, like, no offense, Alfred, but he had a really silly plan. Yeah, the, Alfred wasn't really known for his finest hour. He ran downstairs uh, to the Batcave. Having realised that Robot Batman's actually a duplicate. Yes. Um, and puts on a gas mask and decides to flood everything with gas. Not making a distress call, not trying to arm himself, no gas attack. Going to gas a robot. Alfred, um, I'm really sorry. He's <laughs> Alfred's known for having like a great list of expertises, mm-hmm. so we could usually think he'd be able to think his way out of a situation, but this was not... Mr. Pennyworth's finest hour, and for that, we cry a little inside. And because of that rash decision, clearly didn't work. No. The duplicate Batman catches up with him. Yep. Well, and makes Alfred succumb to the gas instead. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. But then again, we also see that the extent of how well this robot Batman, this duplicate Batman's been programmed, that he has Batman's lines and ways of thinking. We see him go through and... And love of dramatics. And, lo- and love of dramatics, as we established last time you were yeah. on the show, mm-hmm. that he's very dramatic. But sure enough, that expertise in detective work and lateral thinking, he's able to find out what duplicates are. We, the audience, are given more context into what happened last time, and it seems like the duplicates went through and like installed themselves as key members across Gotham City into... In order to replace humanity with duplicants. <laughs> Leap loop, we are robots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, we find the creators of said duplicants and the hardack computer system that invented them all. And it's nice to see that Batman's detective nature has been so far ingrained in the character that it's gone on to uh, leave it copies of Batman would be just equally good detectives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we were able to find this individual so quickly but we catch up with the real Batman first yes finding out that oh, I didn't catch these guys ah oh, here's a very obvious uh like bad guys caught by Batman deal deal um, Jim Gordon making the joke about his pinatas just like because he always strings them up so high and handing him back to, uh like a like a batarang or it's something like, is this yours it's like yes but I didn't catch it would appear it is mine <laughs> and reveals that no he did not actually these particular people. <laughs> but then again, the real Batman's detective work shines through yet again, finding pieces of circuitry that he would recognise from the hard act systems. Yep. So he goes to confront Mr. Carl Rotham, played by William Sanderson, an uh, absolute titan of American cinema going back to the 1960s. A uh, very seasoned actor. This show has a great track record of being able to recruit fairly big names to be able to do these parts and giving that kind of like homespun sort of like middle American accent, but still have the uh, intellect behind the computer wizardry. It was a, quite a nice touch, which mm-hmm. I think was a good bit of voice direction. But sure enough, both Batman catch yes. up with this inventor. Probably about five minutes apart from each other. <laughs> yes, really good timing. But um, we get the context that we need of, oh, there's possibly other, other duplicate robots out there, but 
uh, my time with that is done. I'm not involved it's in that It's all destroyed. It should be all gone. <laughs> but no, it's not. It's not, because Duplicate Batman's here. Duplicate Batman's wants here. Wants to be fixed. <laughs> and, and demands to be fixed, but uh, the damage seems very great. Also, he believes that he is the true Batman. Because a... his main thing is, I've been, my brain has been put into this body... And this body is now failing. We need to put my. We need to find my original body, yep. or move my brain into a better vessel. So this duplicate is convinced that he is the one true Batman. Which is just a, st- a strong testament to how heavily ingrained the programming is, and it opens up all of those big, deep philosophical questions you always get in these robot sort of stories. Just because he's not human, he wasn't like born and grown, but he has all of these memories and truly believes it. Does that mean he's not? human or less human than Batman yeah. or lesser than or any way because we see that when Batman catch up and they naturally come to blows and come to conflict we see this duplicate Batman doing something truly heroic yeah. in a very unexpected way he saves Carl Ross from out from under the greenhouse just as it's starting to collapse under the weight of them fighting and throwing each other around so that question's sort of playing on our mind but we get the movement away from it as this robot Batman is trying to patch himself up in other ways as best as he, best as he can, going back to finding more of those pieces. Yep. We... Which leads to um, a lot of plot. A lot of plot. <laughs> a lot of plot. <laughs> which is a hard-pressed thing to find in something like very condensed down into 20 minutes. Yeah. They are absolutely really mastering concise storytelling in this show and that's something i really really respect because we get the exposition of what this hard act robot is and duplicate batman trying to come to terms with it and fully embracing the bleak bloop i am a robot yeah. mentality also uh that part being like if i was a child watching this yeah. that would have freaked me out as a child yeah, the visual like, the yeah. visuals the like voice work yeah. and it's like this duplicate is kind of having memories and stuff put back in the like the flashing lights the art terrifying it is a little terrifying to be honest because also we get the first view of what is underneath yes this uh kind of batman skin and we see the actual robot uh base (laughs) yeah very terminator very Mm -hmm. like body horror to be able to peel the mask and the face off to just like twiddle with pieces and then we see like where robot tendrils sort of fix themselves and do the repair work. Just immense body horror stuff. And that's the moment where we feel things start to turn for this character. We know that, okay, they know what they are now and they know that they're not human and they're going forth with that. And a lot of that also comes down to Kevin Conroy's amazing acting work. Someone who I'm sure you know has like become the definitive Batman yeah. in terms of his voice work. We get the very different tone. There's like no emotional cadence to his voice after this yeah. point. He's very sort of like cold and direct. And immediately after this point, uh, the real Batman yeah. uh, confronts him in this kind of warehouse. Yeah. And we get this back and forth of these two talking to each other. And you can, like, if you just weren't paying attention, you could definitely hear this is a different, this is the same person, but very different. Very different. You know? mm-hmm. We get the um, the direct bluntness of Duplicate Batman, but there's also the very slight twinge of a sort of like a robotic metalness. Yeah. It's cold, the... it's uh, less feeling. Yeah, and that's the clear indicator that you get that there's something not right. But uh, a lot of the time you were playing through the whole which one's the real Batman sort of narrative. We were wondering mm-hmm. if that was going to be going to come Yeah, up I really thought we were going to get a very kind of traditional, especially once at this point 
Duke and Batman had been fixed up. Yep. So like visually they looked almost identical. Yep. Um and I thought at some point we were gonna get a have a standoff where two two of them were gonna be there at the same time and it was gonna be no, I'm the real Batman. No, I'm the real Batman and someone probably Alfred would have to like make the choice and figure out. Um but I'm pleased to we didn't actually get that. Yeah, I feel like that would have been a very obvious trope. Yeah. I like that they and, didn't and do the, that. Yeah, the fact that they didn't do that was a very nice touch. So Instead, we get the dramatic confrontation between the two of them in the warehouse, through which we appear to we see, see... We see one Batman being thrown out the window yeah. into... Gotham River. Gotham River. And then a zoom up on the winning Batman to see red eyes. Bright red eyes. And the last time you were on the show, bright red eyes were quite an interesting sort of like visual twist yeah. to show mm-hmm. that something is different about Batman. This time we're seeing it to show that this Batman's insidious. This yeah. Batman's mm-hmm. dangerous. So this Batman is somewhat other. As he makes his way back to the Batcave, we find the grand plan of the Hardak computer now rebuilt, sort of coming through. But conveniently, our hero's always okay. Yes. Our hero's, of course. Our hero's always okay. It's Batman. It's Batman. It's Batman. It's Batman. It's Batman. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> and it's so interesting because I think this is probably the first time, or at least the first time I can recall in this show, because we're well over 100 episodes at this point, that this is the first time we get the Batcave as the scene of conflict and the scene of an actual battle. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a done thing that we always feel that the Batcave is a very safe place. Mm-hmm. Bad guys swooping in just shows that the stakes are immensely high and we have a lot to worry about. But at this point, seeing the actual final fight going on right here is a nice and unique thing, especially seeing it's that visually it's just Batman sort of fighting himself. That's an equally scary and sort of dangerous thing to sort of witness. Also the fact that Duplicate Batman knows all of Batman's moves, all of his techniques. Yep. So they're very evenly matched. Very evenly matched. But uh, the one thing Duplicate Batman has is that superior robotic strength. Yes. Which we saw come into play quite effectively in the warehouse throwing like yeah. forklifts at each other. The fighting takes them all across the cave in a great many things. But then again, we come back to this huge moral dilemma that this Duplicate Batman is such a close copy, we start to see him start to feel Batman's ethics and Batman's morals. Mm-hmm. And he has a very clear opportunity to dispose of Batman. Yep. And Chooses not to. He drops his weapon. He drops the sword. Yep. Which also, Batman. <laughs> there was a point. Um, Batman ha- had the drop yep. on the duplicate to get basically a free attack in, and the weapon he chose was a sword. And I'm like, dude, why? Dude, this is a robot. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> he makes a big swing. And, and, just... <laughs> and there was a moment where even the duplicate. Just... looked at him like, really? What are you doing? Like, come on. Because they were smarter than this. <laughs> at that point, it was immediately after they had been fighting in sort of like a research lab. Yeah. And like chemicals were flying all over the place. And we saw some acid go in the duplicate's face. And it still and... have some kind of effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see it start to take damage. And we get the really sort of like creepy Terminator-esque look of just like Batman, yeah. but with like half of a robot yes, face. Yes, half of a robot face, half of Batman's face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is such a like strong visual to have. Because we see Batman usually as this like sort of unrelenting, eternal hero, but seeing this same character, but like looking all robotic and distorted is, again, adds to the scariness that this character could potentially have. But it comes down to that final moment after the fairly whimpering sword swipe. (laughs) Tink. We see them sort of face to face at a precipice and 
duplicant appeals to the real Batman's morals and refuses to... He can't kill him. Cannot kill him. He can't kill him. But the uh, moment where it appears like he might have really leads him to a moment of crisis, which leads him to eventually doing the second great heroic thing, which just shows how strong the programming is. But then again, if it's programming, as they as Batman and Alfred muse about at the end of the episode, is that not truly a soul? Is he not truly alive and living up to the morals of someone he was at least built to mirror? True. And this duplicate has such a huge kind of emotional... Reaction to it. Reaction. Thinking he's taken an innocent life. Yeah. And, like, in anguish, he just goes up to uh, this kind of final hard act yep. like, system, which is, like, seconds away from completing and his mission, you know, coming true. And just in anguish, just destroys it. Yeah. Because he cannot take yeah. another life. There's Batman's morals just showing so strongly through there that that moment of crisis leads to almost temporary insanity. Just mm. like the destruction. I think and you said Batman smash. Batman smash. Yeah. Because he did. He just smashed the computer right up and, and at that moment. Destroyed him. It destroys him All emotionally. All the electrical feedback. Yep. It destroys him emotionally. There was an explosion as well because we know oh, yeah, Batman... Puts explosives in, in his computer. computer. Yeah. <laughs> Same way Michael Bay puts explosives in his meteors in the beginning of Armageddon. Um, but still, that emotional turmoil led to him being destroyed emotionally and physically. And the backlash of that means that he forgave himself for the destruction, destruction of an innocent life, but at expense of himself and at the expense of his hard axe mission. He came through and still showed the truly heroic nature that we would expect from Batman, whether real or built. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give a big shout out to the actor that played Hardak, Jeff Bennett. He is an absolute titan of American voice acting. We saw him give the summary of uh, Duplicate Batman being built and the very continually insidious and sinister robot building of the grand plan to replace all of humanity. Having a long look through his uh, IMDb and his Wikipedia, he's been practically everywhere in animation. Multiple voices across Animaniacs, as his laboratory. Like, he defined the voice ac- uh, the background cast of uh, Cartoon Network. And I think you would know him as Kiki's dad from Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A couple of other, like, Studio Ghibli bits as, like, side characters here and there. But honestly, a seasoned actor... In the voice in the voice acting world, to be able to be the sinister computer was a, honestly an amazing choice. To know, very good to know. It's always good to show that they just really choose their casting very well. Yeah, show. and it shows well when you can get like an absolute icon like Kevin Conroy as Batman to be able to be two very different versions of ultimately the same character. Yeah, so it would have been very easy for him to just do the same Batman voice mm. for both, but. I feel like if I'd closed my eyes during that confrontation scene, I would have been able to tell exactly which one was the duplicate when they were talking and which one was the original Batman. Yep, and that's just a testament to the really strong storytelling and the great performance that you would need to get something like that across. And in other things, it could come off as kind of goofy, you know? Having yeah. the same person being like, talking backwards and forwards to each other, but it doesn't come across that way yep. in this episode. And that's exactly what we would need to tell a story just like this. Is Silicon Soul uh, in-depth and retrospective on humanity and robots blowing things up? 
exactly what I want for my superhero movie. Yeah. What would you say, Zanu, then would be your big takeaway, big high point or low point or memorable moment in the episode? Oof. I mean, I'm just going to go with that really fucking terrifying moment of <laughs> when we first see the duplicate take off the kind of Batman skin yeah. and that whole bit, because like the sound, the animation, like the voice work, I was like, it all just was very uncomfortable, and I, I, younger me would have been very scared of that. Yeah, um, yeah. And like, I appreciate that they they went there and they made it scary. They made it yeah, like yeah. kind of horrifying looking. It was a bold choice, and it like that big huge shock of it really does a great job of framing this with Batman as the other and the very clearly not him, the robotic thing that should be feared and mistrusted, and. Yeah, it harkens back to the classic Terminator, but it's also still just a really strong visual, just like peeling your literal face off to see a very not human skull. It, it would mess up little kids. Yeah. It also, really I liked um, how in the beginning, how it had been laid out of like, oh, this happens in this scene. So you're thinking like, oh, is this actually Batman? Hmm. Like, and And you don't get the reveal of like, Batman discovering, like, wait, this isn't my handiwork till, like, a lot later. Yeah. So you're constantly thinking, like, okay, what's going on? Like, yeah. I'm kind of hooked. Like, is he a robot? What did, like, was he, like, you know, mind put into a robot? Like... <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's really true. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, probably... Like, the way they laid out the sequencing of the events, like, made it really kind of... You weren't sure what was going on. Yeah, because uh, when we see... The, what we would lay alone is the real Batman coming back to the scene of the crime. We may just think that that was that robotic Batman coming back, covering himself up a little yeah. bit, just to try and like gather more information. So until that point, yeah, we didn't really we, know. We the believed that this robot, Batman. this robotic Batman, could have been the real Batman. Yeah, like something had happened to his body, and he had to put his mind into a because he shell seemed just as distressed about being a being a robot as you would expect. Yeah. So honestly, that kind of logic makes things even more exciting. Just to try and think through things, just because we're late, we're given a mystery right from the beginning. Yeah, and I think if as a kid I'd watched this episode when it had, like, if it got to that bit in Batman being like, "This isn't my, I didn't catch these guys," I would have been like pointing and screaming like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> just like the Leo DiCaprio thing. Just yeah. Like, yeah, like as a kid, that would have like really got me. Yeah, I feel like, and that I feel like, yeah, the pacing the way it did, like it was really good. Really good be able to set that mystery up in the beginning and still bring it back to the pleasant surprise the whole way through. Yeah, and especially as it's going through. Once you know there's two Batman... Batman? Batmans. Batmans. Batman and Ant. Many Batmans. Um, when you know there's multiple, a scene will start and you'll see Batman hmm. in quotation marks. You're like, okay, which one is it? Yeah. Is it the robot? Is it the real one? You just never know. That's, yeah. the, mm -hmm. that's the beauty of a double story like this. A story where there's two of the same character, uh, which leads to like moments of just like, no, I'm the real Batman. No, I'm Spartacus. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm glad they had the opportunity for them. It's nice that they didn't need to rely on that trope. Yeah. yeah. They did something very different with it instead. Very different indeed. Instead of I'm the true one, it's like you basically are just as Batman as I am because you won't kill. Yeah. You live up to my standards and my morals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A very, very honourable robot. So, with that said, we are going to press the shutdown button and deactivate this episode of Jeez. I Am The Night. But before we do, where can the fine listeners of I Am The Night find you and your dealings and your workings and your things? Uh, you can find me on YouTube with my best friend, Renee. 
we play video games and Dungeons and Dragons and we upload them onto YouTube uh, under the name of No Ordinary Heroes. I have been, I have, they've been a show I've been following and watching for a very long time because their Dungeons and Dragons works features a little old me for, yes. some, <laughs> for some strange reason. As our, as our dungeon master. <laughs> I like to tell a story, I really yeah. do. <laughs> but as for me commenting on stories, you can find me reviewing and giving my two cents on multiple titles a month in and around the world of Batman on Dark Knight News, Catwoman and Suicide Squad are excellent right now. You can find me writing about my true love of PC and tabletop gaming on Fantastic Universes and Dungeons & Dragons things specifically on the Apotheosis Studios blog. Follow me on Twitter at IsItThinkera and you can find me badly playing PC games with some of my dear friends <laughs> on the hostile atmosphere on YouTube. Including me. <laughs> yes, including you. You would love to be a suspicious little jelly. Yeah. <laughs> but until such time, this has been the I Am The Knight podcast. This is Sandy. She is the knight. Together, That's me. I'm the knight. <laughs> together we are the knights. And this has been the I Am The Knight podcast. Thank you for listening. And until next time, read more comics. Do it. Read more comics. Yeah. Do it. <laughs>